The frustration just keeps continuing and just keeps building. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catching Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, with my Splash Bro co-host, Zach. And today, we couldn't start off this second half with a returning guest, Warriors Talk contributor, Carlos Murillo. Carlos, thank you thank you so much for coming on. We just got a lot to talk about today, so thanks again for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I knew, like, uh, uh, you know, I saw the DM. Zach hit me up yesterday, and I was like, oh, man, these dudes, these dudes are ready. <laughs> I just know. I knew it. I knew you guys. I, I said it before we started recording, but, but Zach uh, uh, has a look on his face. Uh, he looks like that LeBron meme where he is in Miami and he's super focused. I'm telling you, I this man, there's there is he, he looks dangerous. So I know <laughs> it's gonna be a spicy one. Yeah. So without further ado, let's get started. So like the first topic we got up here is you know wasting Steph's prime. Zach's has been like a key like spokesperson of this. How Steph has been wasting his prime. He can he proved that he can still do it. Zach, I don't know. You want to take this away, my brother? Help us introduce the roundtable. Um, yeah, I mean, for all the listeners who watched the Warriors game last night, you could tell in the third quarter at a timeout, he was screaming at most likely Andrew Wiggins because, well, geez, I'm gonna, just going to slander everyone on here, I guess. Andrew <laughs> Wiggins, like I've said before, sometimes doesn't look like he wants to play basketball, and he obviously – isn't performing as he used to in the first half in the first couple weeks of the season where he looked great. Um, But once again, it also comes down to roster construction. I think the Warriors have taken him for granted a little bit. I think Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, Joe Lakeup thought that he could carry this roster. But when you have Brad Watermaker as the backup point guard and how poorly the second unit plays, I mean, this roster is not going anywhere and they're currently in 10th place and it's just the Warriors are a mess right now. And I think Steph Curry shouldn't be having to deal with it plain and simple. All right. Next on the round table. Yeah. That's just been the whole little thing. Like with Steph, um, Carlos, you can interject whenever you feel like it, but you know, Steph has been double teamed and no one can seemingly make a play. That happened in this Clippers game. Yeah, they were a little rusty, but it was just bad, Carlos. You just got it. It was just straight up awful just watching them just play with no heart, play with no effort. So just I'm upset. And, you know, Warriors Twitter, the great old Warriors Twitter was upset, pissed. Like you can put throw every adjective in the book. They were upset as heck tonight, that night. So got to take a step back and see what's the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, it's you know kind of talking about Steph Curry's prime and it's it's you know we're talking about a top 10 to 15 player of all time like we're we're literally talking about one of the greatest basketball players to ever step onto any court ever in the history of the game um and when you have a guy like that and he's still you know playing at the peak of his powers because I mean I in my opinion this is the best we've ever seen him right maybe statistically it's not as impressive as the 2016 season. Um, 
but but I think when you look at the way he's controlled the game this year, um, his his pacing and just the way he's chosen to attack and you know he you know he was in that little shooting slump the first couple games of the season. Um, and then he snapped out of it. And I mean, he's, he's back to hitting shots from ridiculous range that have no business going in. Um, so when you have a, and when, you know, and you consider the fact that he's doing it with the, with the, you know, limited support, like you guys mentioned, uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating to see them not be in a position to get that guy, uh, you know, let him take you to it, you know, uh, the promised land again. Um, and I know you can't compete, you know, you can't win a title every year and you can't necessarily, I mean, you look at the greats, right. Even like Kobe uh, wasn't contending every single season. Um, but the warriors have to find a way. If you have a guy who, you know, has already helped you get so, you know, three times you guys have won with him um, sort of at the center at all, and you still have him getting better and, and wanting to be there. You have to kind of go all in on, on helping him maximize how he's elongated his prime. Um, and I, and I, there's a sense of urgency because you never know what can happen. Right. I mean, a guy, you know, with injuries and with, you know, just so much randomness in the NBA, right. The windows close open, you know, close even, even faster than they open um, extremely fast. So, you know, on one hand, on one hand uh, I get that, you know, Steph can do this for a couple more years Right. You look at Chris Paul and how he's kind of stretched out his his prime. And I think Steph is obviously way better than Chris Paul. You know, knock on no knock on Chris Paul. He's an amazing player, but Steph is Steph. Um, so Steph could do this for a little longer, but at some point, you know, you have to there's got to be a sense of urgency. Like he's not getting any younger. You know, those legs aren't gonna have they're just gonna keep getting more miles on them. Um, so you have to do what, what you can to to make the most out of his prime. Um, and I think you kind of owe it to him and to the fans. Yeah, like that was the whole little thing. I think Kenny Smith touched on this on halftime. Is this team chasing wins or are they developing younger talent? <laughs> I think Andy said this on Twitter. Like they're not even they're not even doing right. either. They right. weren't even doing either. So I'm like, there has to be a clear sense of direction. And when you have Steph on this team, Zach, you probably say this with like wholeheartedness, but they should go all in. And, you know, Zach tweeted out that picture with Bradley Beal and Steph Curry to Carlos's tweet. Soon, like, soon. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be nice. They would be nice together. I saw a clip on uh, – sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I saw I saw a clip on Twitter recently of, of him just kind of uh, running off ball, and he was running from one side of the court and he ran around the screen, and he couldn't get open. Then he, you know, went back uh, baseline – found another screen and kind of came to the other side, gave up the ball. And it was just like so much movement. And it's like, just imagine that in, with Nexus Steph. Uh, you know, I mean, literally they're away. just, they're just, they're just running laps around everyone. Um, you know, it would be like Delhi in 2015, but all the time, right? Like someone, some defenders ending up in the hospital. <laughs> Someone's going to get dehydrated or too tired. And they're going to have to take a, a little ambulance trip to the nearest hospital. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, but just yeah. to, crazy. Those two, yeah. would be nice. Yeah, yeah just crazy. to go on to Bradley Beal, the guy is literally a walking bucket. Like he can come in and just drop fifty. And I think if you get a, if Bob Myers decides to trade Minnesota pick Andrew Wiggins, Eric Pascal, Jordan Poole, whoever for Bradley Beal, I feel like would hundred percent help Clay come 
back. I think if you have Bradley Beal on your roster, I think you can be more careful with Clay and maybe put him in bubble wrap and not bring him back right away. But I personally think if they don't do that and they expect Clay to come back 100%, which I personally think is a disservice to Clay Thompson coming back from two catastrophic leg injuries, I have. I'm questioning if this team will seriously be a contender if they make zero moves whatsoever and just have Clay Thompson back. I, I'm presuming Brad Wanamaker probably going to get bought out, cut, but <laughs> I'm just Bro, saying. Dude, just be, gotta, let's go further than that, man. Let's let's just banish yeah. him. Just like this, bring in someone to literally banish him from, from the state of exactly. California. Um, with the way this guy misses layups. That's I'm just saying, you just got to go all in. Just go all in. Come on. Yep. That's that's been the whole thing, though. It's just been the inconsistency of this whole season. You've got missed opportunities, and you got the wing inconsistency. That's going into our second topic is the the whole Andrew Wiggins versus Kelly Oubre. In the beginning of the season, we had Andrew Wiggins doing pretty well on offensive side and defensive side, while Kelly Oubre just kind of stuck and stunk up the floor. Now you go into February where it's the roles are flipped. Oubre is playing much better while Wiggins, while his defense is there, his offense is starting to decline a little bit. So to start off that round table, uh, Carlos or Zach, what are your thoughts on like the whole Wiggins and Oubre? Like, of course, they're not going to replace Clay Thompson, but you know it's like they don't want to step up. You know, like step mm-hmm. up to be, I guess, to be a big, like a big role. I guess in my, I guess I don't know how to word it, but a big role. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. I'm I'm glad that you brought up this topic because uh, I saw I was seeing on Twitter yesterday. You know, every day people always come up with trade packages and using the ESPN trade machine like crazy and uh you know a lot of them involve Ubre and people talk about Ubre and moving him and for me I view him as a guy that you I would like to see them try to keep um because I mean you basically kind of told the story of the season right where Ubre you know struggled on a historic level early in the season um while Wiggins looked you know, he was thriving. He looked really, really good. He's, you know, I think he was thrust into a role that was a little larger than maybe he expected or the Warriors wanted him to be in, you know, with Clay's injury. But I thought he filled that really nicely, you know, defending and, and shooting the ball and everything, right? I mean, all around could not have been happier with the way he played. And then, you know, he's he went into a slump. And for me, I kind of expected that. Uh, you know, he was shooting a little better than I, you know, his kind of where he's at for his career. Um, so I figured he was going to regress to the mean at some point and, you know, the math was going to work itself out. Uh, so I did expect a little bit of a slump, but it's gone on a little longer. And I think it's, it's not, it's not even just about missing shots. I feel like he's playing a lot more um, timidly. I think you mentioned, I, one of you guys mentioned like Wiggins doesn't look like he wants to play basketball. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, exactly. that was, yeah. Oh, I mean, I should have known something like a, a take that spicy especially this early into the podcast he looks uh, like he looks like he's sad out there and i'm I, that's why that's why when i saw steph yelling i could see steph's eyes he was mostly looking at andrew Wick. yeah andrew yeah was sitting there like all right oh i'll take the yeah, head somewhere else heads in the clouds um but yeah so so you know we, it so it's not even just about the missing of of shots to me it's more he's playing less aggressively 
Um, and and that's obviously a huge negative um, for this team because they need him to do that. Uh, meanwhile, Ubre has been you know on the rise, right? He's been shooting the ball better and and just everything. You know, his energy level remains high, all of it. Um, and so when I see these these trade packages in, involving Ubre and kind of because there's a hesitancy to to break up a core that now includes Wiggins, I don't really view Wiggins as a core piece yet. Um, because I, I do think I prefer Ubre over him. Um, and you know, I know they would have to resign him and all this stuff, but I, I, if, if there was a deal available and there was an option of keeping one or the other for me, I would probably keep Ubre. Ubre to me seems like a guy who, you know, you're not, I'm not worried about his effort level, right? We don't have to have that conversation about, does he look like he wants to be there? Um, like we do with Wiggins, right? Like, which is, you know, that narrative has kind of followed. It's not even a narrative. I think it's just a, a valid observation has followed Wiggins throughout his entire career. Um, and, you know, it's understandable sometimes in Minnesota where there wasn't much to play for um, on a bad team like that. But, you know, with the Warriors, I think there's an expectation, especially for him coming in um, to, to be serious and to be ready um, night in, night out. And if that's not there, then, you know, I, for me, Ubre, Ubre is the uh, better choice. Like, Zach, if you want to go ahead, uh, feel free. Yeah, I fully it. agree. I really got nothing to say besides that. Kelly Ubre. Um, tsunami poppy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Ubre. Tsunami poppy hype trade. Is- <laughs> Kelly- <laughs> yeah. Kelly Ubre blows kisses and makes the first down signal when he gives a charge and that's all i really need honestly if he's that's coming it. off the bench next year so i mean if you can sign him for cheap i take that in the heartbeat and i feel bad for wiggins to get moved again but i mean it's a business and I, you're moving andrew wiggins for bradley beal i take that in the heartbeat so those are my thoughts on that Speaking of James Wiseman, it's going to be an interesting topic. But before we do that, here is a word from our sponsor. Yeah. All right. So like now on Thursday night, there was a little bit of confusion and controversy when James Wiseman was benched or grounded and punished for missing a COVID test. Um, We expected as Warriors Twitter for him to play. And obviously uh, Steve Kerr, his stubbornness took over again and he decided not to play him for three quarters when they were already down 36 and decided to play him. Um, thoughts on you guys. I feel like this was kind of unfair on James. Cause I feel like, you know, he's 19, obviously he has a lot to learn, but this isn't the best course of action. That's just been kind of like the dilemma. These, this um, with James, you know, it was, you know, like how, what is the best way to develop James? Like you don't have that, five-year window you probably have three years two to three years um before that window with Steph closes so that's just been the dilemma and (laughs) not seeing James develop on that court where he needs to is kind of upsetting when Steve decided to bench him so Steve my god (laughs) um yeah I if you want to develop a young center you play him and I just think it's little bit of bush league to bench the guy because he missed a COVID test because he was hanging out with his mom during the all-star break it's like seriously come on it's not like he's out here and during a pandemic partying I highly Mm -hmm. doubt that and I you guys drafted him is because he had 
a good reputation. He had a good attitude, and that's the reason why you guys pass in LaMelo Ball, most likely. So, I mean, <laughs> I just think it's it was a little harsh by Steve Kerr, but, you know. Yeah. Steve I, Kerr, I agree. yeah. I uh, I think it's, I don't know. On one, on one level, I understand it, right? I understand a disciplinary approach, right? A COVID test is a very serious thing. And I don't even think it's just about the COVID test. It's the, it's the principle of responsibility, right? But, but I feel like, you know, there's teaching moments and there's teachers who can, who can, who are fit for that role or for a certain course of action. And I don't think Steve Kerr is the guy to, to do that in that situation. Right. I don't think it makes sense. Like what, what is Wiseman going to learn from a benching that he doesn't probably already know. Right. He's a, he's a very smart kid. Um, also side note, it's weird that I'm at the age where I can call NBA players kids and it makes sense. <laughs> um, you know, like it's, it's, bizarre. I'm not even that much older than him. I'm 26, but like still, you know, I was, yeah. in, I was in school and this kid was, he wasn't even alive yet. Um, so anyways, this kid, right. 19 year old kid, uh, um, you know, he's a guy who gets down on himself. It seems like a lot, right. He's very hard on himself. He's very critical of his yeah, game. He looked, he looked like dejected. really sad on the bench. Last yeah. Night. Yeah, exactly. So it, you know, he's, he's kind of had a rocky start to his, his rookie year. Right. You know, it's not easy as a 19 year old to step into a role where where you're expected to kind of contribute to a team that in a lot of ways has has some pressure on it and expectations attached to them. Right. With, you know, just with Steph and Draymond there and kind of what they're trying to do. Um, So that's hard enough. But, you know, to miss the season, the start of the season and not have a training camp because you got covid um, and then to kind of have an up and down year right in the starting lineup then kind of sent to the bench um you know and then it's just i'm sure he was embarrassed enough about uh about missing the covid test and you know having all this kind of unfold the way it unfolded um and then to to not play him or to bench him um i just don't know you know there's not a cookie cutter way to to lead um, and I think Kerr maybe sometimes tries to do that where, you know, some guys maybe need a little more disciplinary action. Some guys need space. Some guys, you know, it's a different approach, right? You kind of feel it out and you learn people individually rather than, and, and then I think this kind of points to a larger Kerr problem in that he does this with sort of his, his, you know, offensive systems and, you know, he doesn't fit his system to the personnel. Uh, or he, 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 you know, he's kind of tries to fit the personnel to the system. Um, and that clearly, you know, as we're seeing this year, it doesn't quite work. Um, exactly. exactly. The triangle offense doesn't work for this team. I'm just going to. Exactly. Exactly. You need, you need a different approach. Um, and then, you know, you, you mentioned it, right. The best thing for Wiseman is to play. Um, and I'm glad that he, you know, when he came in in the fourth, that he played hard and I think he had a really nice showing obviously you know it's a blowout and they're not going that hard or anything and there's no pressure but but to see him you know 
I, I, it showed me a lot to see him come out after all of that and, and put up, how many points did he score last night? If he scored uh, 14, 14. Yeah. He, I mean, he was close was to impressive. being like a scoring leader on the, on the night, just in, a, just in 11 minutes. Um, and so it's, it shows me where his head's at. Like, I think he's really locked in and I, I like that as someone who I think is, I've, I've been pretty critical of him. Um, that was, I really like seeing that from him. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of been like, I hope we hope that James Wiseman hasn't been around Twitter. Cause you know, like the whole LaMelo versus James, like right. the whole Warriors Twitter. I feel like that's just been another topic for this James Wiseman stuff is like, mm-hmm. you know, you're seeing LaMelo put up these great numbers. He's been playing well. He has like flashy plays on Bleacher Report and Bleacher Report just some, just like post every five minutes whenever yeah. they can. And it's like, you know, like it's yeah. been a debate between Warriors Twitter. Did yeah, it, the Warriors yeah. make a right decision to draft James Wiseman? That's just been the clear story for Warriors Twitter so far. Did they make the right decision to draft James Wiseman as of right now? Uh, yes and no, I guess. That's my opinion. I don't know. I I, <laughs> I, I, I understand. You look so you look so exhausted with yeah, this topic because it is on Twitter every day. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand the mm-hmm. he fits the role to win now, but you also have to take into the fact that it's may take a little bit of time to develop a big man. And with Steph Curry playing at this level, Draymond starting to regress and Clay coming back from two catastrophic leg injuries, I mean, you don't have a lot of time. But I also mm-hmm. understand the fact that LaMelo Ball is another guard. Um, and that may have not fit the system, but if Steve Kerr was doing this with James Wiseman and or doing it with Lamella Ball, and he was only giving him eleven minutes a night, man, Lavar Ball would be all over ESPN the night after. I'm, I think they made the right decision. I think James Wiseman will be a very good player in the NBA, but I think. <laughs> It's honestly, it's so hard to tell. They're rookies. They're both like 19 and 20 years old. Yeah. yeah. Well, Warriors but, Twitter does seem Draymond's, to have yeah, a memory of like, goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> but like Draymond said, you just got to ride, ride or die with your guy, yeah. man. James. I yeah. I well, I think that. for me, it's not even so much about if they made the right decision because, like you said, it's way too soon to know, right? We're not going to know really till you know we won't have a good sense for another like three four years maybe um and even then let's say they kind of have a similar progression we may we might not know till the end of these guys careers right if let's say they both kind of blossom into stars um we may not be able to properly even you know have that conversation for lots of years down the line but i think more than whether they made the right or wrong decision now because i mean you can make plenty of you know i i'm of the belief that they would be sitting somewhere around four right now if they had Lamelo Ball on the roster, uh, because I mean he's just more NBA ready, right? This guy played professional basketball before, um, and and he's just coming in with a really advanced skill set in a lot of ways. Um, and Wiseman obviously isn't, but there's a lot of raw talent there. Um, so so for me to kind of view this draft as a success, I guess it isn't it isn't about you know whether one was right and the other one was wrong. I think it's my issue at this point is sort of organizational focus 
Um, Because there was that story, I don't know if you guys saw it a few weeks back, where they mentioned that they liked um, LaMelo's talent better, but they thought Wiseman fit. Oh, yeah. But how does a guy who can pass really well, how does a guy who's 6'7 and can pass really well not fit in with with Steph and Draymond in Steve Kerr's supposedly, you know, creative offense? Um, Right? That just seems like he should fit in. Um, Guy who plays fast, who can pass the ball, come on. Right? so you know, does that does that guy fit worse than the center who is going to be uh, uh, suiting up next to your power forward who can't shoot, right? So for me, it's kind of like where's the organization's head at? And then you know, now that they've made the dis- this decision, um, you know, they're I don't think they're using Wiseman properly. Um, last night, I thought we saw we got a good taste of what he can do, right? You know, he took some jumpers. Uh, he he ran some pick and rolls uh, and even though he missed a couple layups, I think he, he got to some spots. Um, he was facing up. So he did a lot of different things um, that kind of show what, what he's about and what his game is supposed to be. So for me, I'd like to see them develop him to his strengths rather than develop him away from his weaknesses. Cause I don't think they're, they're successfully doing that. Yeah. I well, feel yeah. like, Oh yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Zach. No, oh. no, Zach. I, I think ahead. you just you got a lot to say. There, there's just one okay. Point. I'll go more. I'll go more. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's just <laughs> there's just one point. You just gotta play him 20 to 25 minutes a night. I don't care if he's coming off the bench or he's starting. To be able to develop a big, you have to play him more than 11 minutes and not ride him on the bench because you missed a COVID test. Like, come on, Steve. Jesus. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Um, looking at James's gameplay, he's much better as a downhill, you know, face-up kind of player rather than a post-up guy. He was more of a Giannis. I think I've mentioned that before. He was more like a Giannis with a shot, basically. He can do that, not like a post-up move, because I feel like he only has that one go-to move, that like that spin move with to like the mm-hmm. left-hand layup. That's his go-to move, and I feel like that isn't his strength. As you said, they should play more to his strength and go away from his weakness, so I definitely agree with that. All right. So that just comes down to the front office and, you know, you know, everyone on Warriors Twitter. Oh yeah. With uh, Bob Myers, you know, he made some questionable moves in the off season and it just comes down to the front office execution. Um, We just saw the Warriors get Brad Wanamaker. Everyone thought that was an okay signing, but seeing him 35 games in, he's awful. Um, Zach, if you want to touch on anything on the front office, but like, it's just been, I feel like it's just been poor execution and just bad on not surrounding Steph with contender. That's just been the whole idea the whole idea of this issue of that's been going on since the beginning of the season. Exactly. Like what Joe Lacob said at the 2017, I think it was after they won 2017 championship, we're light years ahead. All right. So I guess <laughs> we're not playing with like that anymore but i just feel like this assembly of assembling of this roster was just sad honestly i understand you bring in kelly uber to try to replace clay thompson and kelly uber is proving himself but i think andrew wiggins just overall my part of it is andrew wiggins takes up too much cap space and he needs to be moved um i think and I think this team just needs to win now. They just – you can't take Steph for granted like that. I think he's never regressed. He's still in the thick of his prime. 
And I think you need to go out and get a guy like Bradley Beal or Zach Levine or whoever's available on the market. It may not happen on the trade deadline, but at least during this offseason, they need to make some moves to make this roster a contender. Because like I said before, I think it's a disservice to, I've said this so many times. I think it's a disservice. (laughs) It's 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 a disservice. It's a repetition. It's a disservice to Clay Thompson. It's a disservice to Clay Thompson to expect him to come back and perform at a game six clay level after suffering two catastrophic leg injuries. Mm -hmm. I'm sure clay will love to take that on and take the challenge. But I feel like after a torn Achilles and a torn ACL, I, don't see many guys coming back the same whatsoever. That's my thoughts on the front office. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure when you said that a second uh it's a disservice. I saw like steam come out of your ears. Like you were repeated. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I uh I agree with you. Um and I, I think and I mentioned this earlier, I think it's uh it's just like, what are we doing here, right? Are we trying to win? Are we trying to develop guys? Like, what's the, let's, you know, come up with a game plan here as to what we're doing. Um, and I don't, I don't know if they're, if they've had that conversation. It seems like they're trying to do both at the same time. You know, I understand the Clay Thompson injury, right? You can't, you're never prepared for a loss like that, right? Um and so on one hand, I get, you know, I commend the front office for as soon as that happened, they went and they got Kelly Oubre, right? And they spent a lot of money to get him. Um, and so, so you know, we've seen Lake of is a guy who likes to go for it. Um, for me, it's about, are they going for it in a way that makes sense? Because right now they're trying to, you know, ride Steph's coattails, you know, and, and you know, until he can drag them to somewhere good um, while also, you know, trying to build for the future with Wiseman, but wait, Wiseman isn't going to play. And if we do play him, we're going to play him wrong, you know? So uh, it's just kind of confusing, right? Like where, what's the goal here? What are, what are the goals for the season? What's the direction that they want to be in? Um, So, so I don't know, but yeah, I mean, some of the it, they don't adjust nearly as well as they should, right? You talk about Wanamaker, and they took way too long to go away from him. I don't think we're going to see him much moving forward um, in the second half of the season. But you know, it's kind of you can tell when things aren't going to work. You don't need to waste another ten games trying to trying to you know fit a, a, a square peg into a circle hole. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of have to build this as we move along. As just been this entire season, trying to find that identity. But before we end here, just want to hear what are your predictions for the Warriors record once this is all over? Uh, Zach and I came with our, our predictions. It was kind of like maybe 39, 40 wins. What, what do you think the Warriors are going to end with? Honestly, after watching after watching last night's game. Yeah, after watching tonight, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to know because, because, you know, there's so many winnable games. You know, we saw in the first, first half of the season, right, they had like – you know, there's probably four or five games off the top of my head I could think of, you know, Charlotte, San Antonio, Boston, right? Games that they should have won and they somehow found a way to lose. Um, so, you know, I mean, this this team, I, I still think they're a playoff team, right? Because you have Steph and you have Draymond. You should be a playoff team, you know, and with how tight the West is, you, you know, 
I don't know how high of a seed. Four, I mean, oh man, I don't know because to last night felt like one of those nights where you know things start to switch up, and if they're gonna run with this Mannion pool backcourt, that might take some time to figure, you know, for them to figure out that it's not gonna work. Um, so officially. You know, to play it safe, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with you guys. I'll say around 40, just to play it safe because I honestly have no idea. They could go on a big run where Steph goes nuclear. They could continue to throw away games, you know, in new ways. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the play-in tournament. I would not be surprised with how this yeah team loses winnable games. But mm-hmm. I mean, Steph could just put everyone on his back and lead them to a fifth or five or six seed. I don't think they're getting above four with how – or above five with how well Utah, Phoenix, the Clippers, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that four teams? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Past math, but that's four teams, yeah. <laughs> and the Nuggets. So, I mean, there's five right there. And then you got the Blazers. The West is just so st- stacked. Yeah. I don't know where the Warriors can fit in with how well – with how poorly they're playing right now. Mm-hmm. But all, right. all that needs to be said, like I said on the last episode, Bradley Beal will be a Golden State Warrior by next year. It's going to happen. Hey, man, whatever it takes. It's going to happen. <laughs> whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. All right, um, Carlos, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you again for coming on for this second Second time around, really appreciate it. If you want to do another red carpet moment, if you want to say anything to the listeners out there for just a quick, brief moment, go ahead. This is your moment right Oh, here. man. Damn, I forgot about this. Oh, I should have had something ready. My, <laughs> my, okay. Uh, here's what I'll say. Steph, if you're listening, uh, trade trade everyone away. I hope you have, I'm sure you have LeBron's number. Call him, ask him how he does it. Ask him how he takes over a franchise, you know, start clearing out the front office, start trading everyone, you know, make sure all the food at Chase Center is all Aisha Curry certified, whatever, whatever, take over, completely take over. Um, So Steph, if you're listening, that's my advice to you. That's what I got. Exactly. Steph's got to put on his inner LeBron, go to the front (laughs) office and get players out. All right. And this will conclude episode number 25 of the Catching Dubs podcast. Big thanks to Carlos for coming back on the pod. Um, make sure you follow us on our socials on Twitter at Dubs Pod and on Instagram at Catching Dubs Pod. And make sure you tune into the Warriors Sunday night against the Utah Jazz. I do not think it's Sunday night, actually. I think it is a matinee game. Um, make sure you check what time the game starts because don't trust me. I think it's at one o'clock. I think it's one, 1 p.m. O'clock. All right. Um, and we appreciate all of you for listening and we will see you later. Thanks y'all. See y'all later.